Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino back with you for some fun bonus coverage here during Big Brother 25. I've got Taryn here with me. Taryn, how are you? I'm very excited, Rob. Okay, we got a good one. Uh, very excited to have back with us somebody that is a huge Big Brother fan, follows uh, the season very closely every year. Please welcome our great friend, winner of... Survivor South Pacific. It's Sophie Clark. Sophie, how are you? Woohoo. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. This is, I feel like I'm the lucky one. I get to talk to two big brother experts. Yes. Uh, or at least um, one big brother expert and uh, one person who's at least following uh, uh, probably as much as you are. Oh, I was going to ask you, Rob, like how you're doing, because I feel like with this writer's strike, like it's insane the amount of shows you have to cover it's a, a lot going on all at once we've never had all of the shows in season but so far we're only in the first week so far so good yeah are you even watching like buddy games and things yeah, like oh that? buddy games sophie buddy games uh, last night had the its best episode by far buddy games was phenomenal I and mean, we had a really yeah. fun podcast i accidentally saw the last second from when <laughs> i was trying crazy. to tune into big brother it crazy was like the buddy games girls. yeah the pageant <laughs> the pageant ladies uh got into it and i think i'm in i'm embroiled in a little bit of the drama from twitter but that's a whole different story you should you should have heard Rob last night before the Big Brother podcast. He was like, "Guys, Buddy Games was just but, so Buddy ridiculous. Games. Buddy Games is was really good? good. Buddy Games is good. It the first two episodes were were slow or they were sleepy, but the third episode was real. There was a huge fight between uh, some of the buddies. Uh, maybe not buddies uh, so much anymore. But Sophie, enough about Buddy Games. What's been going on with you? Yeah. Uh, what's been going on with me? Um, I had a baby about nine months ago. I don't know if we've spoken since then. So yes, now I have a toddler and a nine-month-old, which is oh, a lot. okay. Um, yeah, no, so I know I didn't. I, I I had not uh known about baby number two. Yeah, baby number two happened. Uh, they're about eighteen months apart. Uh, yes. So the the fact that my eyes have turned into black circles only is just that explains what's happening here. Um, but yeah, life's good. Yeah. Um, two kids and a lot of reality TV. Yeah. Basically, my life. <laughs> okay, uh, so your your audio got a little crackly uh, here oh, on us. Uh, hopefully, I'm hoping that that uh, ends up passing because you sounded so good a couple of moments ago. 
Okay, well, I can move. I can just start walking through my house and you can tell me where to stop. <laughs> yeah, but. okay. All right. Um, well, actually, uh, so are you caught up on the latest uh, from the uh, updates from, from today, Sophie? Uh, Big Brother, you mean who's HOA? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here, I mean, the first thing I do when I roll out of bed in the morning is read Hamster Watch. Yes. Uh, this, this is actually the first year in a long time that I haven't bought the feeds. So I'm in a weird thing where I actually haven't seen, I've seen feed clips, but I actually haven't watched any of the feeds, which usually like my husband and I will watch a little bit before we go to bed just to make yourself fall asleep. Um, so I'm only aware of Big Brother through the show and Hamster Watch mm -hmm. and then Twitter. Okay. Uh, well, Taryn, you want to just give the quick update for anybody who's uh, joining us uh, from the podcast to see Sophie and uh, not caught up on everything? Yes. Well, uh, of course, we saw Cam come back in last night. Uh, he then went on to win the HOH. <clears throat> um, he had a celebratory meeting with the fugitives, Matt and Jag, uh, and they discussed how um, Felicia is the target with probably Mimi going up next to her. Uh, is that very, real? That's really what's going to happen? It's, it's really real at the moment. Uh, and they talked about how uh, it's a basically a done deal because with Felicia and Mimi on the block, nobody who's capable of winning a veto will use it on Felicia. Um, so uh, the week is basically over, according to them. And they're already talking about who do they who do we target next week if it's a physical HOH? Sad. I wish I could like... I wish Cameron wasn't a terrible human being because I feel like rooting for Cameron this season could be fun. Like if you genuinely liked Cameron, like he's been on the block, he's won HOHs, like he's been voted that, like it's, he should be the one that it should be fun to root for. But I, I don't think I can bring myself to do it. I'm sure there are casual fans who love Cameron, right? There you know be. too much. Yeah, I know too much. <laughs> yeah. You've looked behind the curtain. Yeah. Sophie, so could you just talk a little bit about uh, Big Picture? I'd love to get your thoughts on the season overall and how you've been feeling uh, up to this point. So I don't have the same, like, BB's, like, massive history that you guys have. Um, clearly, like, just watching Suri is a gift unto itself. Like, I kind of don't even care how the season goes. Like, that's thank you to the BB gods for letting us have that. That said, I kind of feel like this season of Big Brother, in a way that I've never seen happen on Big Brother before, is almost turning into, in some ways, like a modern Survivor season with the whole, like Survivor at some point went through this evolution from like strong alliances to voting blocks, where I my personal opinion with Survivor is like the game has gotten too gamey and there's no real like emotions behind the plays. It's just like after every vote out, everybody looks around and says, okay, let's totally recalibrate and decide who's the biggest threat. And one thing I were, I feel like in the beginning of this game, it wasn't quite like that because you had the Sri Izzy, Jared dynamic and you had Corey in America. Like there were real, I don't know, like forces of power in the game. I almost feel like once Sri's game got exposed um, and now that they've swapped alliances so many times, I just worry like nothing matters anymore. Like it just seems like all that matters is who's a threat. Like next random person is going to be voted out. Like it just... Unlike last season where it's like you're rooting for Taylor the whole time or the cookout, you're like, you see like the way their alliance is structured and are they going to make it work? This thing, it just feels like every week they kind of mix it like between Jag, Matt, Corey, and like it's just a little mix up and then it goes. And I think what's particularly upsetting to me right now is it feels like there's a certain number of people in the house who maybe don't even have an opportunity to win because like their game has either been like their game is too exposed. Like there's no inroads. Um, people like, like I almost worry about Sari. Like now that she's been exposed, I, I don't know how she like gets herself back into a position where people trust her. Anyway, 
I don't know if that's a common, if my sentiment is a common sentiment, but I'm suddenly like very not excited about the remainder of the game. I'm, yeah. I'm, str- I'm struggling to see like what could be the interesting alliances that get me excited. Yeah, I think that what you said about uh, the similarities to the, like the new era of Survivor where it's sort of like, okay, well, we get down to like the final eight and now it's just like, okay, well, who are the threats? And then just boom, 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 boom. Okay, everybody who's a threat has to go at this particular uh, point in time and that the alliances aren't super important. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think something that we see in Big Brother uh, a lot is that, like, the game only really has, like, a couple of good structures that it's capable of, like, forming. So, like, usually, like, there's the beginning structure, and then sometimes that gets blown up, and then there's a new structure. And then if that new structure gets blown up, maybe there's, like, a, a looser one that comes out of that. But, like, it's each structure gets weaker and weaker as time goes on. And then there's sometimes, in some seasons, a point where they're just like, all right, alliances, structures, that's too complicated. It's just going to come down to competitions at this point. Yeah, it feels like a free-for-all, but it's too soon this season. That's And that's the problem is that, like, normally we'd be, like, closing in on the end game uh, at this point in the season, except this time we're, like, barely over halfway. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's right. Like, the game has lost structure. And the game never has structure because of, like, the insanity of Sri and Izzy. But it was, like, almost the non-structure was structure at the time. Like, the fact that they were in that many alliances. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I can't believe I'm just out of wind. <laughs> two flights of stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My parents just arrived for the weekend two hours early. Um, and you don't want them on the podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Sophie, have you uh, had any real-life encounters with Sari? Do you know her as a real-life person? Um, you know, I think I have met her a few times. And, like, I think I blacked it out because I was in awe. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, Suri's incredible. I was actually reflecting on this before I came on the podcast because everybody says Suri's incredible. You watch the show and you say Suri's incredible. But if you actually look at what she's done in this game, it just seems like she's actually made really bad moves over and over and over again. Um, And I think watching her in Big Brother has like almost made me appreciate the difference between a social game and a strategic game. Like on Survivor, I feel like, you know, in the final tribal where they're like, okay, outwit, outplay, outlast, right? There's, there's parts of that that I'm like, I don't see the difference. I always thought that like having a good social game meant that you were strategic and you couldn't be strategic without having a good social game. I think Suri's Big Brother game has been like the epitome of amazing social game. Like for each individual conversation, you get the sense that like Suri could just like mold the conversation and the person into exactly what she wanted. But then she chooses to do the wrong thing with her power. Like she has, whereas Corey, I feel like every time he gets power, he chooses the right thing to do with it, but he's not as socially aware. He's not as good as like kind of accumulating the knowledge. Sari gets all the knowledge and then like makes the wrong choice. Um, but she's incredible. Like, have you guys loved Sari watching this? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you completely nailed it in terms of how I see Sari. You know, coming into the season, I was trying to explain to Big Brother players. I was like, she's like God tier social player. And I, and I was saying she's also like a god tier strategic player. I mean, she did the three, two, one. Like she's yeah. she's come up with a lot of like really great strategies. I think what we've seen on Big Brother is that you know she's not necessarily terrible at strategy, but I think she her strategy is certainly more suited to a game like Survivor. I mean, ultimately she did run the game for over forty days, and on Survivor season would have been over twice over is nowadays. She too bold? Like is she too fast? Like was she? Did she need a con? Like 
let it happen a little bit more? I think so. I Because like, I think yeah. p- particularly the move on Heisem was very early. Um, it was, yeah. you know, Heisem is evicted on day 23, which is less than a fourth of the way through this season. Um, and it makes more sense if you look at it from a survivor lens where it's like this yeah. guy, he's really dangerous. Yeah. And I only have 23, 26, however many days to take him out. Take my shot. Uh, yeah. Take the shot when you have it. Um, but big brother, you do have to pace yourself a little more. Um, and you know, she has four seasons of experience on right. Survivor. It's just not her speed. Yeah. yeah. It's making me eat my words a little bit. Cause I feel like in past big brother seasons, I've gotten really frustrated. I, feel, I remember getting really frustrated at Nicole Franzel or at, at the players that I felt like never wanted to be HOH. And like their whole strategy was like, how do I not have blood in my hands? How do I kind of just slowly like maneuver my way and, and I feel like Sari probably could have learned from that a little bit um, versus just kind of taking shots over and over again. Yeah, it's interesting that I feel like that Sari, in terms of like what she's good at strategically, I feel like that she's uh, really uh, surgical and, and no pun intended. I know she works in the operating room, uh, but I feel like that like getting like the specific vote that's happening. Okay. This is like everything that's required for ultimately for for this move. But I wonder if Big Brother might be different, in your opinion, in terms of like the long term planning that needs to go on for each round of Big Brother versus, okay, this is just about getting through this tribal council. This is what we need to do to ultimately send this person home. Yeah. I also, I don't know enough about the traitors, to be honest. Like I found the first episode really insufferable and like didn't make any sense. I'm going to try to watch it this time. Yeah. But I do think there's a huge difference between on Survivor, the concept of needing to have a majority, and on Big Brother, this concept of, like, if you're not aligned with one person, like, that could tank your game. And I wonder if that's been, like, a also, like, a, a change in her strategy that she needed and didn't do. Yeah, you know, I, 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 especially nowadays, I feel like it's almost like on Survivor, it's like if you're playing King of the Hill, like, uh, and you mm. get points for being in the hill— like survivors like avoid being king of the hill as long as possible and then strike right at the end. Big brothers like fight hard as hell to get to that position. And the longer you're the king, the better, because the, that means yeah. that like things are going to be set up in your favor as things move forward. Um, and the the person that's in the best spot is the least likely to be targeted most of the time. Um, yeah. And so it is, especially the current meta strategies of each show, like it, it's very opposite in that. So do you think she can win? Like, this is the thing that's been depressing me recently. Is I, I, I saw somewhere on the feed somebody say something like, Bowie and, I think it was Felicia saying, Bowie and Sari, like, can't win the game. Uh, like, you're going to drag them to the end. I just worry with Sari's whole line structure being outed. Like, how does she gain enough respect and power from the other players to be able to sit in the final two and have a story other than, I want, you know, you should have voted me out. You never did. I mean, I think this is where her reputation could help, especially if Corey is on the jury. I feel like Corey will be able to to give her the respect that she needs. Corey is not a person that's going to be like, well, you won a bunch of comps, so I have to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's expressed as much on the feeds uh, in disagreement with people like Jared and Cam. Um, and so Corey being on the jury, I think, is massive for her. Could be the David he, Murphy, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Especially if he has the ear of like America and um, it's only a seven Edna on my season. So. Mm-hmm. That was the wise. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's right. Who's Who are you guys rooting for? 
I mean, if Ceri's able to pull it out, I mean, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. That would be my ideal scenario. I'm, you know, I'm very much like, especially with Big Brother nowadays, like very tired of just like, oh, the person who's winning all the comps at the end is just going to win the game, which is why it was so exciting. I thought you were just going to say you were tired. (laughs) That too. It could be both things. Yeah. 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 I think that Ceri, like I'm kind of bullish about uh, this like second act for Ceri in terms of like her being able to now that Jared is gone, that she could say, I have nobody. Why would you waste your HOH on me? And look at me, I can't win a challenge. And I think that she's going to like have another bite at the apple of this thing. Not the way that we expected like early on, but I do think that she's somebody who I think is going to linger in the house. Well, so I feel like this brings me to the question that I think uh, is the reason we're all talking, which is like a week and a half ago, I tweeted at you, Tara, and asking you something. And then everybody on the internet was like, that's the dumbest question ever. Everybody's already been talking about that a week ago. I don't know if it's that relevant anymore because I'm not sure it's a great idea for her. But my question was like, should Suri, once Jared is gone, as a way to like reintroduce herself to the game, try to like mend relationships, admit that she that she was Jared's mom, that Izzy knew about it, and kind of give herself a clean slate. It felt like a good idea a week or so ago where it seemed like she was pretty hopeless. But now that she's navigated herself into this kind of nobody seems to be targeting her position, I don't know if it would benefit her at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree, completely agreed at the time that um, there was so much momentum going into the double eviction against her and Jared. Um, there just wasn't enough time for her to recover from uh, from a, a double eviction loss of Jared. And then the next person that wins might be putting her right back up on the block, um, which may have happened if uh, if that had been the case. And so coming out with something big like that to change the narrative quickly, I do think was super uh, needed at the time. Um, I do agree now though, that like she's already done the work over the last week. She doesn't really need to anymore. It still can be something that she can keep in her back pocket if she needs to really cement a bond with somebody later on. Exactly. Yeah. The big secret. Yeah. Like I feel like part of the Izzy bond is like everybody, my take on Izzy was like, I think Izzy's like a co-conspirator kind of person. Like she's excitable. And this idea that she was not only playing big brother, but she was like guarding the street, like family secret, I think is really fun. I don't know who would be as energized to find that out. Um, I feel like it would probably, I mean, blue is already there, but like, I, I have this idea of like, I don't know, Nicole and Sari or like somebody, um, somebody getting really energized about it and like it turning them into like a secret alliance that mm-hmm. can actually do something versus just dodge, you know, Jared, Matt and, um, Jag for yeah. a while. Sophie, so I know it's not exactly the same, but you two got to play with the relative of an iconic <laughs> survivor player uh then but you you all had figured out that Brandon was Russell's nephew right in the time and did it change anything when he came clean about it i don't so now this is like 10 years ago but yes. i don't think i knew until brandon told me watching the show back i think it made it look like coach maybe knew or had figured out so I don't think I'm trying to remember if coach told me I definitely on my if they gave me credit for this, this was wrong. Like I definitely on my own was not like that's Brandon Hansen's nephew. That said, I do remember I remember sitting on the sand when he told us and I don't remember it <laughs> instilling trust. I don't remember being like, oh, I want to work with this person more now. Like it definitely um, made me very wary of him at the time because he was giving off this whole like I'm a young father. I was in a gang. I'm now reformed. Like right. 
there was almost like a poor pity Brandon, but with this view of, oh, you're Russell Hansen, like this must all be bullshit. Right. Um, so I actually think, yeah, like probably Brandon in retrospect could have used that knowledge way better, right? If he had told one person versus telling the whole tribe. A rare faux pas for Brandon. On. Yeah, a rare faux pas. Exactly. Um, I mean, like, look at Corey. Corey's secret was the dumbest secret of all time, but it did seem to do something for him for some brief moment with America. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like any secret, right, can really... I don't know if Felicia has gained anything on the Denzel secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yet. Do you think Blue knows? Blue knows, right? Did Blue always know? I think she initially thought it was Felicia and then kind of quickly realized, oh, that doesn't make sense. It has to be Sari. Yeah. Um, but there, I, there's definitely a brief period of time where she thought it was Felicia, which is very funny. Isn't there now speculation, though, that maybe Blue thinks Sari is a cousin and not even a mother? Or do we think Blue just knows? I mean, I would be <laughs> surprised if she doesn't know. Um, but, yeah. you know, who knows? It's she just won't wild to me it. that we could be watching someone 24-7 on the feeds who's playing like a national game who's been told straight out that Sari or, you know, that Jared has a mother who seems to have done nothing with this information and has barely talked about it. You think just once she could look at the camera and be like, yes, I know Sari is his mom. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't understand Blue as a person that this seems to have been like barely influenced her. You're game. not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, I saw that Blue's apparently doing a lot better. Is that right? Like we should be on the Blue train. She, I mean, yeah, I mean, especially like detaching herself from Jared, she's really started to play sort of her own game. Uh, and um, she's going in the right directions. I think that like she's still kind of learning on the fly, like what she should and shouldn't be doing. But, uh, you know, she, she has a, a ways to go, but definitely way more on track than See, she was before. I feel like that Blue is good at like sewering people and like <laughs> taking like making other mean? people, like making other people like taking them down. But I don't know if she's necessarily mm-hmm. good at like, putting herself into good positions. Like she's good at like, yeah. okay, she, she's like, she can tank Corey in America, but I don't know if she's, yeah, she's doing that. Well, can, when she gets like her diary room persona pissed thing on. Yeah. But I don't know if she's good at like making, like setting up a structure that's like inherently good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Do you guys want to see more survivors on Big Brother after this season? Well, the multiverse has been opened. And I feel like that really between this and the traders and the challenge, like there's so much like crossing of the streams. But I, I really do feel like that, you know, bringing Suri into this like created a lot of energy. And I uh, just like anecdotally in terms of like the viewers, like I had a lot of people like reaching out and telling me, hey, like I've never watched Big Brother before or I haven't watched Big Brother in a long time. And having Suri involved like really got people interested in this season. Yeah, I mean, Sophie Clark, next season of <laughs> Big Brother. Yeah, I just want it to be longer, you know, 100 <laughs> it's not, days. It's not long enough. Not long enough, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Now, look, Big Brother is is long. I, I feel like that they could never get you in the Big Brother house, correct? Oh, I would love to play Big Brother if somebody could just, like, pause the world. Pause the world. walk into the house. Yeah. Like, if there's another pandemic and all jobs shut down and mm-hmm. the options are sitting in your house or going to Big Brother, like, I think I could even get over the hump of being on the live feeds 24-7. Like, that sounds terrible, but I think I could get over that. It's the, like, just the sheer time. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, we got a question. Carlotta wants to know, so would you do The Traders? I know you said you didn't like the first episode of The Traders, but that's like 10 days. Oh, I do The Traders. Yeah. But the thing I didn't understand, and sorry, this might not be the place to ask you, Rob, I can text you, but like, it just didn't seem like the game mechanics made any sense. It was like they were playing this challenge, but for no reason. Yeah, yes. it's not a great game. And I think that the challenge is uh, certainly like I I've, my theory was like that they should make it like you get like a clue to the tr who the traders are. If you complete yeah. the challenge or the traders would be like incentivized, like the mole to sort of like uh, make you not succeed in the mission. But right. Exactly. Know, yeah, the game. Mechanics there was that other flawed. show that had yeah. the same problem last year. The one that Stephanie LaGrosa was on as well. Oh, Snake in the Grass. Um, yeah, same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's it might be the uh, similar producers on that. But yeah. what did you think about uh, the? You know, we've got Parvati and Sandra both out there on the traders. I wonder how much they got paid. Um, I uh, I'm excited. I mean, I, the problem is what's weird to me about the traders cast is um, it seems like they've gone for, like, uh, let's get a little bit of everything, make everybody happy, you know, get the, like, people mm -hmm. who like Survivor, people like Housewives, people who like, I don't know, British pol parliamentarians or whatever. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, that large fan base. Um, but for me, I feel like it has this weird thing where I'm excited to see Sander and Parvati, but I don't, I'm not, I don't know half these other people, so it kind of makes me laugh. Like, I think I prefer the challenge USA approach where I, like I knew everybody, it was all CBS. It was all mm -hmm. the same kind of world. I think I, I can't even remember the vendors language, but I feel like they've got a step too far. Like there's like, there should be some stage before this is, there's like a multiverse and then there's like a quantum verse or something. Mm -hmm. And I think the traders has gone like too far. It's like got, it's too many it's too out know, there. diverse. Yeah. Um, I just hope that Sandra and Parvati like actually fight. Right? I think that's what everybody's mm -hmm. kind of hoping for, you know? And sometimes in these shows, it's like, oh, we're all just going to, like, kind of go back into our, like, show alliance. Like, what's happened on the challenge? We're, like, all survivors align. Um, I think it'd be fun to, like, actually see them go at it. Yeah, I think that's going to be what everybody is uh, hoping to see happen because it's just, uh, like, so, with such, like, an out-of-nowhere, like, feud to pop up, like, yeah. from social media. And then I have no idea if they've ever, like, squashed the beef or if they talked beforehand. So I guess we'll get to see it a little bit uh, play you out in real what? time. I think um, I, I like both Sandra and Parvati, but I think Sandra, like, you have to be careful with Sandra online because I once got into a feud with Sandra online totally unintentionally. Like, I think Sandra's a little, like, kind of quick to the trigger. Like, honestly, this is, I'm probably in a feud with Sandra now after yes. this. Was this about the tiara? Was this? Was yes, this, oh, see, you know what? In my mind, I think I thought that this was Sari that had, that had said something about Sandra's tiara. But it was you, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like, my first season was pretty close to Heroes versus Villains. I think I just won. And in some random interview question, somebody asked me something about, like, something about, like, oh, this must mean you're, like, a great and I made some offhand comment around like, oh, yeah, Sandra better give me her tiara. Clearly, Sandra's I, like, I am like one of the worst female winners of all time. Clearly, I do not think I can win, you know, take Sandra's tiara. But she was pissed. Yeah. Like really, really. Yeah, you got to watch it. Either that or she's playing on another level of like <laughs> yeah. feuding for casting kind of stuff. I, there was a couple of years where she wasn't talking to me also over something like very benign of like. Also that, a tiara? Yeah, no, it was, I think, something on Game Changers. And I, I had asked yeah. like Johnny Fairplay a question of like, do you think Sandra is a is a game changer? 
Uh, but, you know, it was just like a question that I was asking him to get him uh, like worked up. Like it wasn't supposed to be like she said, no, but I asked the question. Uh, and hopefully I, that, I think Instigator. that's, that's that, well, I, I just like to publicly state that I disown both of you. Uh, <laughs> I am pro Sandra. <laughs> she is a game changer. Let the record show. Okay. She changed the game. She changed the game in a lot of she ways. She deserves a crown, yeah, not of course a tiara. She's a game changer. Yeah. Rob, do you have an ongoing feuds? Like, who are your top five? Top five feuds TV right now? Feuds. I'm trying to think. A lot of the times the, the feuds are like sort of one sided, where a person is mad at me about what I said and. Trying to think of uh, maybe the maybe the chat. Was Tony mad at you, or was he mad Tony, at you? And Tony was Steven? mad at Stephen. He got mad at okay. Stephen because he said that Tony had uh, poop covered spectacles and couldn't see. Because we th- we said at the final nine of Survivor <laughs> Kagiyan that it wasn't a good a good move to vote on LJ. Uh, and that was, and then he claimed that his phone got hacked at a sleepover with some friends. A sleepover, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Classic, yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of. Uh, 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 Has like, Buddy Games entered into the feud yeah. territory? Uh, yeah, Mike White is uh, is going. Right. Yeah, Buddy Games might be like uh, honestly, like, like I feel you like you versus Buddy. Yeah, games. I have to be careful now, so because I feel like that back in the day, if I had a feud with a Survivor contestant, like the the fans would take my side. But I feel like if I had a feud yeah. with a Survivor contestant, and they went on Twitter and was like, "Rob is an a hole." Like it would basically everybody would just pile on. Like, yes, he is. Yeah. Drag him. <laughs> it's over. So yeah, I, I got to be a little bit more careful these days. You've accumulated too many enemies. Can we talk a little bit about the Survivor premiere, Sophie? I would love to get your thoughts on uh, what you thought about the return of uh, Survivor this week. Um, Really happy that it's 90 minutes. More Survivor is better. Uh, I uh, I am not as pissed about the quitting thing. Like, I just think people are over the top. To me, this is part of... Like the game would not, Survivor would not be good if nobody quit. Like, I think it kind of proves how hard the game is. So there's a lot of reasons why I don't care. One is this girl didn't get cast intending to quit. Like she probably now wishes she hadn't quit. Like this was not her purpose. I think she was fine with the decision in talking to her the other day, but I mean, she didn't like like the backlash. Yeah. And she probably like in the moment she was struggling. So I, I feel bad for her in the backlash. Um, I also, uh, I, I kind of like, part of my issue with the new season era of Survivor, and I'm sure many people have said this, is like, I feel like it's the casting, while very diverse, is very monotonous when it comes to approaches to the game. It's people who are obsessed with Survivor yeah. and like all want to play hard in the game. And so every time we see like any diversity I want to see people who are bad at the game. Like I want to see villains. I want to see people who are bad at the game. I want to see people who are really emotional in the game. And I feel like it's the the diversity in how people approach the game has been lost in Survivor. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this was like, at least that was some diversity. Like watching, yeah. it, it was fun watching the show and being like, oh my God, I can't believe this girl has such a different emotional yeah. reaction to Survivor that she will leave. Like that's interesting. I agree with you, Sophie. I, I wish that, I just wish there was a different word that like, because I think that like people here are like, okay, like I, I wish there was like a, you know, uh, more uh, diversity in, in this one and, and people jump right to, because I think the Survivor has done a great job with the uh, race and, uh, and sexuality of all the different contestants, but like more like variants in like approaches to the game in terms of, yeah. because we really don't get that. Like back when, like it, 
you know, once upon a time, you know, that there was more casting of like, not necessarily like recruits, but like, okay, this is an interesting person. And and I think that recruits gets a bad name because it's like hot people of like, okay, let's yeah. just go on Instagram. Okay. This person has a six pack. Let's put them on the show. Uh, but like you, uh, they, they would like, uh, you know, find people that's like, okay, this is like some very, some very like off the wall people that you might necessarily uh, put into the show and you still get your Carolyn's and, uh, but they do yeah. have to have like a baseline of like, I am a like 100% obsessed survivor fan. Yeah. I mean, I, no offense, Rob. I think that, I think that one of the rules of people going on survivor is like, you should have not listened to a hundred hours of Rob had podcast. How because if everybody's listening to Rob, has, if everybody's listening to Rob has podcast, they're all having the same, eventually coming to the same conclusions around like what is good survivor play. Um, and I agree with you. Like, I think nobody wants people recruited just because they have a six pack, but I, I do, I would like if they, if casting found somebody who never had seen survivor in their life before, and is it's not their lifelong dream that has this fascinating kind of moral system about what they think is right and wrong and what they're willing to do and not like, I, I would love to see that on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that reason, I'm totally okay with her quitting. Uh, like it just, I'm just happy. It's somebody who's, it's not their lifelong dream enough, uh, that they're willing, you know, they're willing to quit. I mean, this is different. If this was like Simone Biles quits the U S gymnastics team and like, there's a, you know, no, like it was, she took a spot from somebody, but it's not a sport. It's a game show. And mm-hmm. Also, I, I, how I've are we pissed? Like, aren't we happy that Emily and Brayden Brandon? That's how survived? I looked at like, that's it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's why I I've was always, happy. See, I've always been of the opinion that because uh, it's the same thing with Big Brother when people are asking to be voted out. I think that just just kick them out if they ask to be voted out, kick them out, and then have the vote anyway. Um, I yeah. think that like if that had happened, people would be like, okay, we still got our vote, we still got our taste of blood, like. Uh, mm-hmm. the episode doesn't end on somebody just quitting uh, and we get no strategic Sarah, like, that's a, more you want us to have a zombie resurrection week on Survivor? Like, no, uh, yeah. I just like uh, well, yeah, listen, people. you can, resurrection you week, can take resurrection a day off on Survivor and edit it out like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal why do former Survivors get so worked up about this? Like, it just seems to trigger people. Yep, yep. Look, it's like uh, that, you know, back in my day, I would have never quit. You know, uh, chance for, you know, people who are, you know, egomaniacs to talk about themselves. So I think that that's... I mean, I will admit, like, fully, my first season, both seasons of Survivor, I many times thought this would be so nice to quit right now. Like, the same emotions that she had around, I just want to sleep in the night. Like, I just think... uh, People are criticizing her quitting to the degree that they're, I think, also even like undermining the emotions that surrounded it, which is crazy. Like 80, 50 percent of people who play Survivor think about quitting, mm-hmm. at, at least in my experience in my season. Like, think about how nice would it be to leave? Like, maybe I honestly, I think if it was not a broadcast television show, more people would quit. Like, it's insane to act like she's so abnormal in, in that desire. Mm hmm. Sophie, could you talk a little bit about Emily and what you thought about her? Because I thought that she was also such great casting. I love that she's on the show and I would love to hear your thoughts on her. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about her the other day because I was listening to um, the Lesser podcast, the official podcast with uh, Rick Devins on it. (laughs) On fire. Um, The number two Survivor podcast. Um, and he was, had like a completely different take than I had. He was, I think, I don't know. I was listening to it while I was walking, but he was a little worked up against the quitters. I don't know if I got that far, but he was, um, oh no, he, he, no, I did. He was worked up. 
um, uh, I, was, I disagreed with the Twitter and then I disagreed with him because he talked about how Emily, I think he was interpreting Emily's um, attitude as like she came to play and they all showed up at the marooning and Emily was just ready to go and everybody else was like still in a daze from Ponderosa. That wasn't my interpretation at all. Like Emily to me is exactly the kind of person I want to see cast. I don't think it was about her being more or less ready to play. For me, it was about like her unable to hold her tongue. Like she's, uh, to me, that's like the best survivor player is they know they shouldn't yeah. and yet they can't help themselves be themselves. And that's totally, and she even, the funny thing too, is she's even self-aware about it. Like she knows that she's screwing herself and she, she can't help but to be negative. Um, so I like, I love with her as a cast. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, uh, you are, I feel like similarly, like a very like strong personality, but I feel like that you like picked your spots like, uh, and more like in the confessional to be that way, as opposed to say, like somebody like a Christine Shields Markoski from uh, your season who, when coach shows up and gets off the helicopter, you know, she's like, Oh, temporary player. He can't stay. And that really completely derailed her whole game. Because uh, she, like, uh, publicly said a thing in front of everybody. Yeah. Uh, I had major flashbacks to Christine when I saw this. I'm like, don't do it. Um, I kind of think, though, in the new era of Survivor, I kind of think with her surviving this vote, I actually think her being so vocal and so, like, I almost think that there's something that benefits you when people feel like they can read you quickly. And I think of all the people on the season right now, I actually um, I think one of the ways to get power on Survivor is to let other people think they have power over you. And one of the ways you can make other people think they have power over you is make them think that they really understand you as a human. So I actually think Emily, this like what she did this episode put her at massive risk. But I kind of think now that she's survived this, everybody kind of feels like they get Emily. Yeah. Like they think that she can't help herself, that she's negative. You know, she's going to put her foot in her mouth. And I actually think that gives her power because it, doesn't make people question, you know, oh, who is Emily? What is Emily going to do? They're like, oh, yeah, Emily's going to tell me when she hates me. Like, she's going to say it. Yes. So I actually think she might be in a good position now. Yeah, that's a really good observation. Something that I hadn't uh, thought about because I had, you know, talked about this in terms of like last season with like Carolyn and Jam Jam. And really, I felt like yeah. that their authenticity really made people feel like, OK, this might be a little bit of like a wacky personality, but at least, OK, I get them. They're not hiding a dagger behind their back. And so, yeah. yeah. That, that that's very interesting about how Emily, okay, I know what she is and I, maybe I'm more worried about this other person that, I don't know, is Sean really the person that he says he is? Is yes. he really, can I really trust him? Because he's, he's friendly with me, but he's friendly with everybody. And you can kind of work around it in the game. I felt like this when I played with Coach, where I was like, I, ever, I know what Coach is. Like, I know that he wants to be honest and loyal. I know that if I don't, uh, if I don't betray him, he won't be able to betray me because this is the way, you know, this is the way he plays. I even felt like in Winners at War, there was a period of time where Jeremy and I kind of got nasty with each other. And I remember the time not quite being able to articulate it, but telling the producers that I actually thought it was a good thing, that like having some kind of open enemy and open animosity, let let that be people's focus. Yeah. Um, uh, and it also makes people feel a little bit more relaxed. Be like, oh, yeah, well, Sophie and Jeremy are going at it. Like, not everybody loves Sophie. Not everybody loves Jeremy. There's there's like a benefit to being, um, to having very, like, visible flaws and visible enemies. Don't tell that to Zach Wurtenberger, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Taryn, you've talked about this for uh, a long time with Big Brother. 
Yes. Um, I think especially with Big Brother, like um, it, it's it's what you're talking about. It's the known quantity. Um, yeah. Knowing that that this person is going to be against this person. This is, It's actually what's happening with Blue and Corey right. right now, where just last night they were talking about, well, maybe we want to keep both Blue and Corey in the game. Because they're going after each other. we know that they're not going to work yeah. together. Um, and, uh, and that's, that is the known quantity. Uh, the only issue comes in if like, if the known quantity is against you, then, then you know that there's like a big block in your way that needs to be removed. Um, or like if you, if, if you are the person who's trying to be a known quantity, if the person that you're against or the feud you have or whatever the case may be is also a block to whoever's plans. Like if, if like, if they wanted Blue to be their final two goat, then Corey being so anti-Blue isn't that helpful for them. They might want to get rid of him. So you you do have to make sure you're picking your spots. Um, and uh, and obviously in somebody like Emily's case, it's just like she just kind of ho- has to hope that her spot is the right one um, because otherwise- I also think it's risky on a tribe of six. Yes. Like you can kind of like dick around with that in a tribe of 10, but mm-hmm. yeah. Sophie, uh, what do you think about Sifu, who is coming out and like uh, trying to be sort of a new era version the of coach. Tony? Yeah, uh, coach and Tony, oh, Tony. coach and Tony yeah. combined. Yeah, he's a conglomerate. Um, uh, I'm I'm good with it. Like I I like it. There's part of me that feels like, oh, is it? Uh, you know, is it derivative? Like, is he just kind of seeing past things? I think what I, I think what I like most about it is the reason it doesn't bother me um, is that he got caught. Like, I like that he's trying to be that, but yet can't, you know, like, I think if he hadn't gotten caught and like, here's another, you know, kind of energetic, short-ish dude with muscles in a spy shack, like that wouldn't be as fun. Um, But I like this idea that maybe he's going to be like endlessly trying to emulate past survivors, but just kind of stumbling. Like that's, that's great. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I loved, I loved the way he like jumped through the trees, like stepping on each, like, he's just, he's like a huge nerd out there. Just like having fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, there, was there anybody else that stood out to you from the premiere? Um, in a positive way. Or negative. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. God, not many people. Um, I liked Emily. I mean, I don't like Emily. I'm happy to have Emily on my sure. TV screen. Sure. Um, Bra- Brandon. Is Bra- his name Brandon or Braden? It's Bra- Brandon. That, uh, with Brandon. the long hair. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like Brandon. Um, uh, I think he's the kind of person that I'm very, I have my guard up against right now to not like just because of my like vendetta about these super fans being casted. Uh but I think he fell into what almost is, is like that an stem authentic... from playing with Cochran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deep trauma. Um, no, it stems from like nobody being able to be as authentic as Cochran was. Like it's just all these Cochran wannabes. But I feel like Brandon, um, he there was some authenticity to his super fandom. Like the line where he was like, "I'm having, I'm having, you know, reflux. I'm gonna have to play my shot in the dark." Uh, like he clearly is falling, you know is falling apart uh, in a way that's authentic. So I like that. You know, Rob, I was just real. I don't think we have enough time right now, but sorry, I'm a little ADHD right now. I feel like you tweeted the other day saying, uh, like, does anybody have any idea for Survivor podcast? Read, yeah. Tweet that? yeah, I was looking for uh, a podcast. Did you have an idea, Sophie? Well, I, well, I just had an idea just now because um, I've had, uh, when I, 
postpartum this time, I was like, I'm not going to get any nannies. They're too expensive. I'm not going to get any night help. I'm just going to get a massage every week. And it's going to be, I'm going to get more pleasure out of a massage than whatever. So I got massages every week. And as part, sometimes on the massage, I would just spend the hour and I would like try to think of the survivor twists, um, yes. as, like activity. Did you write them down? Um, and I wrote them down and I like, over, I like, I put together this like theme for an entire season. Yes. I want to pitch it. Okay. So I feel like you should do a survivor podcast, maybe like a shark tank where people can come and pitch survivor twists and you could have a panel okay. of people who say what's, what's good, what's bad. You yes. know, what would be. Do you want to pitch your theme now or do you feel like that you wouldn't be able to do it justice? I don't know if I'd be able to do it justice. Okay. I may give you like some hints. Yeah. Well, um, and should it be, should it be like that? It's all like the, like survivor, like, uh, like icons, like come in with like their pitch for a survivor yes. season. That's not just like, okay, the super fan, aspiring super fans. Uh, that, no, I yeah. think you need some icons. I need, I think you need people who have been a part of some of the greatest twists of all time. Um, like you need team daily in there. Um, yeah. you know, you need Yule maybe wasn't, was he one of the first idol people? Yeah, yeah. He, um, I mean, he, he like, uh, he, I think he had the second idol, but it was, you know, big deal. Yeah. I think you should have like a, and it should be a real shark tank thing. Um, okay. Yeah, that would be my suggestion. All right. Well, we would love that we could record it all ahead of time of like your, you, you know, you giving the pitch. So I, I love this idea. Yeah. Would it be like the auction for the panelists where they have a set amount of like money to <laughs> bid on each idea? Ooh. Um, oh, I like that. And they have to compete for the various ideas. Yeah. So Maybe could we get Mike White on the panel where then he can tell Jeff these ideas? Mm. Do you think Jeff's giving um, Rick Devins the podcast was an apology for not letting him be the bartender or whatever? I, it might have been a makeup call. Yeah. It seemed <laughs> like that, like a consolation prize. Yeah. Might have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Sophie. Thank you for making some time to talk about all this stuff. I've got so many nice comments in the chat. Um, here's from Carlotta. Who says, Sophie is such a queen. I need her on my TV and on RHAP. Uh, Isaac said, Sophie is my favorite guest. I could listen to her indefinitely. Thank you, Isaac. Isaac has such a nice headshot. <laughs> yes. I'm going to get a headshot like that. Yeah. Uh, no, this is so, I mean, honestly, I feel a little bit like, um, it's like you guys are like professors of BB history and I'm in the one-on-one course and you're like, come and tell us about BB. Like it's very intimidating talking yeah. well, to you guys about Big Brother. Um, but I just also want to say thank you to Taryn because your coverage is incredible. I love, I don't love Big Brother, but I love reading about Big Brother on a daily basis and staying up to date on Big Brother. And I listen to your podcast all the time. So thank you. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm such a fan of you. Uh, so it's very wonderful to get you to talk uh, with us and talk about, you know, my area, Big Brother, your area, Survivor. It's a fun time. Yeah. And thanks, Rob, for being in the room. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, <laughs> I'm just happy to be a fly on the wall. Um, but Sophie, thank you. I know you're super busy uh, with the babies and everything and the work. So thank you for making some time to, uh, you know, talk and catch up on all these shows. Thanks for having me, guys. Fingers crossed for Sheree. Okay, uh, keep your for fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, for I'll, I'll unite the Apolu tribe to give her some, you know, prayers. Please, tonight. yes, please do. <laughs> Prayer circle. All right, all right. So, uh, Sophie, thank, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to uh, plug anything? Tell people to follow you. No, no. You find Sophie if you you know where to find her if you want. Yeah, I'm around. Okay. 
All right, Sophie, thanks thanks for making time. Taryn and I are going to be jumping into another podcast, the Patron Q&A, coming up uh, right after oh this. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much. Check out everything else we've got going on over at robhasawebsite.com. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.